Hey, so I imagine you're listening to this podcast because you're an artist yourself and you want some insider tips, insights, and general advice from artists you respect. One aspect of the business we sometimes discuss on Best Advice is rollout strategies. When you're dropping new music, you want to give it the best chance of getting heard. It's all about reaching the right listeners at the right time. That's why our team at Spotify for Artists built Marquee. Marquee is a marketing tool for turning listeners into bigger fans of your new music. With Marquee, you can send full screen recommendations of your latest album, EP, or single to the right fans as soon as they open the app. Listeners who see your Marquee are twice as likely to save your tracks, making it a better way to develop your audience than trying to drive streams from social media. To find out more, go to artists.spotify.com slash marquee. I'm Rachel Swaby, and this is Human Race, a podcast from Runner's World. Each week on Human Race, we tell a story about runners and the world of running. This week, a sprint, so a short story. We'll be back with a longer piece next week. For now, well, hold your nose because we're going to dive right in. We put these Portageons out for all the runners because obviously they're anxious, they're hydrating, and they have to go multiple times during the course of leading up to the race. Well, so do those working the race. This is Dave McGillivray. Dave has been the Boston Marathon race director for 15 years. Recently, I went to Boston to interview Dave for our story next week. He's not the main subject, but he does play a part. And while I was there, he told me this pretty surprising, very unfortunate story about a porta potty As Dave says, even race officials need to use them. And for Dave, timing is really important. Because once the race starts, he's away from relief for a few hours. And so I, because I'm going to jump on a lead motorcycle or whatever and be on that bike after the gunfires and everything else. Again, Dave is the race director. He plans for everything including the fact that he won't have time to stand in line with runners to visit the porta potty He has too many other obligations at the start of the race. So? We set aside a porta john right at the start, not just for me, but for those working the start. And we put it underneath a, a pop-up tent so it, no one else can see it because we don't want it to attract people. And uh, we lock it. They put a padlock on the outside. It has to be opened with a key. And so one year in the mid-90s, you know, I went inside. He visits this private porta potty 10 minutes before the race is about to start. And I took the lock off and I put it on the bumper of a 911 emergency mobile unit vehicle. And I went inside and uh, all of a sudden I hear click, click, click. And I'm saying, what's going on? Someone's, you know, don't they know I'm in here? I locked the door. Don't they know I'm in here? He turns to open the door. The door doesn't budge. So I went to go out and I couldn't get out. And I realized someone... Someone put the lock back on, not knowing I was in there. Now I couldn't get out of the unit. And it was like, you know, I can hear the helicopters going and the announcers saying, okay, five minutes, five minutes before the start of the race. I'm like, oh, my God, 25,000 people are waiting for me, and I'm locked in a portage on, and no one knows I'm in here, and I can't get out. But again, he's organized. He's got several tools to communicate with his team. No problem. You know, I had my two-way radio, and I'm, I'm calling, I'm calling. But because the helicopters are going, and there's a lot of noise, no one's hearing me. And then um, I'm reaching for my cell phone, and as I reach my cell phone, my two-way radio dropped into the unit. Yes, he dropped his radio into the one place that nobody ever wants to drop anything, into the porta-potty abyss. 
I was like, oh no. He had his cell phone, but not everyone's individual numbers. Besides, he was out of time. His best chance of getting out? That two-way radio. What do I do? Do I get it? And it was just kind of right there on the side. He starts to do some rapid-fire mental accounting. He considers, who's used the porta potty Okay, not too many people, and all Boston Marathon staff, people that he knows. He assesses the condition of the toilet. They've been using it since the wee hours of the morning, but it's not too bad. And then there's the time. He realizes... If I don't grab that unit, I'm not going to get out of here. So I just kind of picked it up, and I was able to still use it. And finally, someone heard me, and they were able to come and get me out. And there was about two minutes to go before the start of the race. Dave signals the start of the race, hops on the motorcycle, and most are none the wiser. You never can think of everything. There are just too many moving parts. My attitude in terms of preparation is that if you can get done today instead of leaving for tomorrow... Um, then it gives you tomorrow to be able to be in a position to kind of deal with these kind of last-minute things that flare up. That's it for our short story this week. But we'd love to hear from you. What is your craziest porta potty story? Tweet us at RW Audio. Or even better, send us a voice memo. You can email us at rwteampodcast at gmail.com. Next week, we'll be back with a long story. This story is about the zany evolution of starting lines and the family that changed the way that we prepare for races. Oh, yeah. And it features another portable restroom, the world's longest urinal. Do join us next week. This week's episode was produced by me, Audrey Quinn, and Christine Fennessy. Our theme music is by Danny Koch. David Willey is the editor-in-chief of Runner's World. And the editor-in-chief of this podcast. See you next week.